Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Andrew Dore. I want to thank you for joining us today. Before we get started, I do need to do what I do every week and just remind you that what you're about to hear today should not be considered individual investment advice, but instead just my thoughts and our firm's thoughts on what's going on with the market and the economy. If you'd like to discuss how that might relate to your personal portfolio, I'd encourage you to give us a call. Now let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to talk about inflation today, and I know what many of you are going to be thinking. What? We're back on inflation. All these guys do is talk about inflation and interest rates, and there's some truth to that. We've been talking about it a lot over the last year and a half because it's been really, really important. We were getting close to being done with this conversation, sort of. Comments from Chairman Powell last month led investors to believe that the days of worrying about inflation were behind us. And that's not necessarily wrong, but it also doesn't mean that a bad inflation report or two can't change the direction of the economy and Fed policy. So last week, we got both the CPI, or Consumer's Price Index data, and the PPI data, the producer's data, for December. Now, the data wasn't bad. In fact, the PPI data was pretty good. It just wasn't good enough to really justify a ton of upcoming confidence. On the core CPI side, we saw inflation come in at 0.3% month over month, which was the same that we saw in November and dropped us a bit from 4 to 3.9% year over year. It's a little worse than the expectation of 3.8%, but wasn't horrible. And all items CPI also came in at 0.3% month over month, but it was actually a little bit higher. And the year over year number rose from 3.1 to 3.4. The big driver in all items CPI was energy. In November, energy prices fell 2.3%, but in December, they rose 0.4%. So that's a big swing, and that drove a lot of the all items change. But it's the core data we're most concerned about. And frankly, it is that same busted set of data that has been causing us problems for the last year and a half that is still rising up to bite us in the rear end. You'll recall from previous podcasts last year, I have been very concerned about the way the Bureau of Labor Statistics, who calculates inflation, was measuring inflation on shelter costs. And yet again, this problem is raising its ugly head. According to the BLS, shelter costs grew by 0.5% in December and 6.2% for the full year. Now, is that real? No, it wasn't last year and it isn't this year. All we have to do is look at the data provided by companies that are actually in this space tracking shelter prices. Apartments.com has data on all the rentals that they see in their system. And rental rate increases in 2023, according to them, were 0.8%. Zillow does the same thing. They do it for both rentals and for home sales. For rentals, they had a little higher number. They were at 3.3% for rent rates in 2023. And their home price data and now they're the largest repository of home sale data in the United States, so they should know home price data, according to Zillow, rose 2.64%. So let's use the worst of those three numbers. Let's use Zillow's 3.33% increase in rental rates, and let's look at what that would mean for inflation. Now, we know that the shelter compilation for CPI 
makes up 32.95% of the CPI calculation. So let's look at it and say, what happens if we get rid of the 6.2% growth that the BLS has for 32.95% of the CPI calculation and replace that with a 3.33% growth? What happens to the CPI number? All items CPI for 2023 would have been 2.1%. Does that sound close to what the Fed's been talking about for a while, 2% target? So how did the market react to this data? Not well at first. The market was down over 1% on Thursday morning, right after the news came out. But by the end of Friday, it actually closed slightly ahead of where it was Wednesday night before we got the CPI data. So it was pretty much a wash in the stock market. But as we've talked about since the Fed meeting in December, much of the market's success this year is going to be built on this idea of the Fed cutting rates. So what did this news do to those expectations? Did people pull back on their expectations for rate cuts? No. Surprisingly, they actually got more aggressive. Prior to Thursday's data, the market was predicting rate cuts would begin in March and we would get six rate cuts in 2024. Today, March is still the start date, according to the market, but now the market is pricing in seven rate cuts. The data shows fully 81% odds of a cut in March, according to this probability analysis. That's up from roughly 64, 65% early last week. That's a significant shift. The market is saying that the inflation data we got this week was more than enough to continue the cuts are coming rhetoric. I would agree, cuts are coming, but there's also a huge divergence between what the market is pricing in and what members of the Federal Reserve, who will eventually make the decision, are saying. New York Fed President John Williams was asked about it this week. He said, quote, before we dial back on the restrictive stance of policy, I think it's important that we're confident we're moving towards 2% inflation, end quote. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Meester, she agrees. She was asked about cutting rates in March, and she said, quote, it's probably too early, end quote. And Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin indicated he was looking to see if the reduction in inflation was broader based before he would be willing to support any cuts. History would tell us that the probability data that we use is significantly more accurate as a predictive tool than the Fed's dot plot. But even that probability data, which we get from Chicago Mercantile Exchange, even that data is rarely perfectly accurate. Just last year, the probability in January of 2023 was that rate cuts were going to start in the second half of 2023. That certainly didn't happen. So the good news here is that everyone, members of the Fed, you and me, the market, everyone believes that rate cuts are going to happen this year. But we would caution you that the market's optimistic view may actually set us up for a bit of disappointment. If we get to the Fed meetings in March or in May and there isn't any traction on rate cuts, I would expect some volatility in the market as money managers begin to rethink their expectations. Now, I think that volatility will be short-lived. It is clear we're getting rate cuts, but let's not get too amped up or too excited. We're gonna have to be a little cautious as we watch this thing play out especially in the next two weeks. On January 31st, we're going to hear from Chairman Powell and his friends again, and they're going to lay out their case for what's going to happen going forward. And if they are significantly more restrictive than what the market is pricing in, we may see a little bit of volatility in the beginning of February in markets. So we'll leave it there for now. As always, if you have any questions, 
don't hesitate to give us a call. You can reach us here at the office at 515-273-1333, or you can visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. We hope you have a fantastic week, and we look forward to touching base with you again soon. Take care. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm. 